This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle. Hello, everybody. This is Patricia W. Fisher with Readers Entertainment Radio, and I hope everyone's doing okay out there. They are uh, staying well, staying safe, and um, keeping busy, or at least, you know, keeping sane, which is hard to do right now because there's just a lot of stress and a lot of questions going on um, in the sense of what do we do and when will we all be back to where we were before. Um, But while you're home and in the meantime, uh, I do have a way to keep you wonderfully distracted, a little bit of escapism for you, and and it is because of an author named Blue Sapphire. Now, she is an award-winning, best-selling author of over 30 contemporary romance novels and novellas. She writes with the intention to touch the heart and the mind. She hooks, weaves, and loops multiple series, keeping you engaged in her world. And every word is meant to have a lasting touch that leaves you breathless for more. She and her husband live in a home filled with laughter and creativity in Long Island, New York, and both work hard to build the blue brand and cultivate their love for the arts. Creativity is absolutely a family affair. Her latest release, Calling on Quinn, is available now, and you can find her on her website, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. So welcome to the show, Blue. How are you today? I'm very well, and you? Thank you for having me. Good. Of course. So, you know, I, I talked about calling on Quinn uh, on my TV segment last week, and I was super excited that you were available for the radio show this week. And what I wanted to know is what, what started your path to being a writer? I mean, what was it that you said, I know I want to do this? Okay, so um, my, my mother was a paraprofessional in the New York City Department of Education. So she was very okay. big on education and very big on us learning to read and write early as kids. So um, I had older cousins, and she would sit, have them sit down with me. They're like 10 years older than me. So she would have them sit down with me, and she had these brown notebooks. I'll, I'll never forget this. They were brown notebooks with <laughs> these black spines. <laughs> and my oh, cousins yeah, would yeah. make the you remember those? <laughs> so my cousins oh, would make the dots. They would make the dots for the alphabet, and they taught me the alphabet. Once I got the alphabet down, then they taught me how to write script. Then they started to teach me how to read. And by the time I was in kindergarten, I could already read and write. And my mother realized that I was a blabbermouth, and I liked to talk, and I had a vivid imagination. So um, she gave me chalk, uh, and I, mm-hmm. she allowed me to write inside the closet doors. The apartment we lived in, the doors had like this um, kind of a matte finish. So the chalk would let me write on the walls and then wipe it back off. And she would let me have at it. (laughs) And I started writing from there. And it's it's been a passion and a love all my life. Wow. Now, so what was your first, like, completed project? Did you write a short story or a poem? I mean, what was the first time you – said, I wrote this, I'm done? Um, small projects in high school. Uh, I remember art class, we had to create a book. Um, and I remember my art teacher mm-hmm. telling me that I, I needed to follow that, um, that there was something there. But my first manuscript, you know what? No, I finished the album, a musical album, before I finished a book. So that was probably... Okay. 
that was probably 2003. Was I, don't ask me. My husband would be so upset with me. <laughs> he wants to fire me as an artist right now. <laughs> I have an album due and it's not done. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that was like 2003, 2005 when I finished the first album okay. and um, it was and it was um, pub- published or released. Um, but the first written manuscript for a novel. Um, yeah. Because I did a couple of help. I did some self help books first, but the first actual okay. novel was 2007 after my mother passed. That that was the first okay. um, finished novel. So did you when you did you sell that book? Did you eventually sell it or have it published? Yes, that is my kitchen sink. That's on Amazon. <laughs> Black I Bella love it. is on. Black Bella is on Amazon, and it has the kitchen sink in it and some more. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Not judge so me by that book. You wrote <laughs> Never. Well, I'm just, I'm just wonderfully impressed that because a lot of writers, they're like, oh, yeah, I have this first book or this first five books that are under the, you know, under the bed and will never see the light of day. And so I always love the fact when someone writes that first book, and it actually does the light of day so good for you I love that <laughs> but why why go from self-help to romance I mean what was the um what was the the catalyst that made you shift over because I wasn't getting it <laughs> I had mentors that oh, were telling okay. me that I, I that I should be publishing that I should be writing and that was a direction that I needed to go in but I thought that I needed to model what they were teaching me what, you know, what we were doing, the okay. industry that we were in at times. And once sure. I left that industry, it was like, okay, you know what? You actually see these books like movies. Maybe you should be over here. <laughs> and, and okay, so more in the life, fiction area, yeah. Yeah, I was going through some life transitions, and um, I didn't I, – I, books were my escape, but I didn't necessarily have the funds to buy – as many as I wanted to. So I was reading the same books over and over. And then it was like, okay, you know what? I can do this. And that's when I started right. to write um, a lot of my collection. Okay. So what um, you've done self-pub, you've done your indies, and you have also got stuff of uh, traditional. So you're a hybrid writer. Um, yes. What made you choose each, each path? What was, what was the choice of that? Um, I do not, I, I don't play well with others when it comes to people telling me what to do. (laughs) Fair. That's fair. Telling me, telling me I have, I have a spirit of defiance. Um, so telling me that I have a due date on July 10th is like telling me to give you the book in December. So I did not Mm -hmm. want to do traditional because I was like, you know, I don't want to go, I, I don't want anyone telling me when to, and I don't want them necessarily changing my voice. As an African-American author, it was always, um, in my community, it was always made as if, uh, it, was, it was made to seem as if um, our voices were stripped from our book. So if you go traditional, mm-hmm. you're not going to sound like you. So um, I, I was concerned about that because um, sure. I, I, I don't write urban fiction but then I don't necessarily um, fit in the regular uh, mainstream area where everyone, you know, I, I don't sound like everyone. I'm somewhere in between. So I was concerned about okay. that. 
Um, so, and I didn't, I didn't know the process of going about getting an agent, uh, going traditional, and Amazon made it so easy to just do it yourself. And mm-hmm. I needed, I needed to write to breathe. It was my, it was my escape. So, um, I just, I just threw a book up <laughs> and said, well, well, okay. let's learn, let's figure it out. Right. Oh, and you and said, so you what said did you learn after? Oh. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. You asked about traditional, too. So with traditional, that's a funny story. Um, I, I'm a member of the Long Island uh, Romance Writers of America, and they have a yearly right. luncheon. They have a yearly luncheon, and um, Jeannie Moon, who is awesome, um, she does the same mm-hmm. charts, and it's, it's like Jeannie's like a wizard with the charts. She knows where to put everyone. <laughs> so this particular year. Oh, yeah, she, she does. She's like, yeah, she knows. Yes. <laughs> this particular year, I, I, I had said, I have no interest. I'm coming to support everyone else. I don't care where you sit me. And she chose to sit me at the table with Deb Workman from Books. So I am extremely <laughs> shy. I'm very shy. So Deb sits down and Deb starts talking to me. And I'm like, I don't remember that movie, but the guy is like up against the wall. Why are they talking to me? How can they see me? And that's exactly how I felt. It was like, why is she talking to me? (laughs) Does she not see me shrinking into myself? And I'm trying to guide her to talk to everyone else at the table that was interested in in getting a deal. And she's like, but ooh. And I'm like, (laughs) and we Mm -hmm. um, we end up, um, had, sparking a relationship, and I think we met two more times, and uh, that was that was in May because the luncheons are usually in May. Um, I think by right. December we finalized my contract. Um, so okay, <laughs> that's pretty much how it happened. I fell into it. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, and it's interesting because you know I've I've met Deb on several occasions, and she you know she. She gets what she wants. If she wants you to write a book for her, she's going to get it. Just say it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how it is. So I think that was quite calculated of Jeannie because you know she puts you there on purpose. Yes, I know. <laughs> We're not mad at Jeannie. I still owe her that bottle of wine. <laughs> oh, my gosh. She's fabulous. But yeah, no, Deb is fun, and and she's um she knows what's fun about her is she's really good about pulling people. You know, like you're saying, you were shrinking, and she's really good about kind of coaxing you out of that corner. Um, and then she does this cool thing when she goes to groups that called a stitch and pitch, and has you bring you know whether you do crochet or crafts or you know, writing, drawing, and she has you do that as you're talking to her. And then you relax oh, cool. when people start talking more. So it's really kind of a cool thing because she did that for our group here in San Antonio. And it was funny because initially, of course, nobody wants to pitch, right? And she just right. started knitting. But of course, she's like Madame Defarge. You're worried, you know, you're going to end up at the guillotine. But I mean, <laughs> it's, you're, you're sitting there like, oh, my God. Um, and then you realize if you don't pitch, you're definitely going to go to the guillotine. So um, it's, yeah. So everybody pitched. It was good. It was good practice. <laughs> she, she does have she does have the art of pulling you out of your shell <laughs> for sure so you've got um this book this new book with um the newest book out calling on quinn so tell me um where did you come up with this story and this, the cover is amazing i mean truly 
Thank you. I, I look. I was like, "Hey, can can it look like this?" Right. <laughs> yeah, and I was I was very blessed on getting what I screamed when I saw that. I, I was very blessed to get what um, the cover we ended up with. Um, so, as I said, I I met um, Deb, and we we had a couple of lunches after that. Um, I think one was at the last RT, and then we met up maybe once more after that, and. The first series I pitched her, um, I because my my series tend to intertwine, loop, um, and weave. I I <laughs> wanted to create a whole new world for source books, but my mistake right. was being so excited. I gave the first pitch I gave her kind of was all over the place because um, even though my series weave together. Each series has its specialty. Like if they're assassins, they're assassins. If they're if it's sports, they're sports. Yes, they know each other, but you know they're in their own arenas. The first pitch I gave her, the characters all did a plethora of different things, and I was like, oh, okay. I didn't really. When she explained it to me, like Blue, this is in a is in a cohesive world. I was like, you know, I really didn't even realize I did that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Give me a chance to go back and. <laughs> I'll, I'll fix it and come back. And I was going to fix the world that I initially pitched her because I had some of the book written. And then I said, you know what? Um, I want to do something totally different because um, I know that they were interested in the Brothers Black series, which is one of my popular series with a big Irish family. So they wanted something, mm-hmm. you know, along those veins. So I was like, well, I, I love to challenge myself. I don't, I don't compete with anyone but me. I want to outdo me. So I wanted to know if I could write another Irish family that although had the attributes of um, the black per se, weren't just like them. I wanted to see if I could recreate that dynamic, that whole family dynamic without making the same exact family. So right. um, I, I, I went from there and started picking pieces of what I wanted. And that's how I came up with the Black Hearts. And Quinn just started talking immediately. Um, he let me know about his OCD. And it was just like, oh, wow, you are interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Let's go. <laughs> And, and when I seen that he was over six feet with red hair, I was like, yeah. Hello. <laughs> I love that. You are interesting. That is yeah. And it's funny because, you know, a lot of times um, my daughter gets this because she's, she's an aspiring writer. But it's funny because I will be in the car and it's like you're talking to your characters, but you're just kind of talking about your dialogue. Thank God for cell phones now. Cause I can like every once in a while I'll touch my cell phone to make it look like I'm like talking to someone cause it's mounted, you know, cause it's hands free. So I want to make it look <laughs> like I'm not talking to myself. Um, but a lot, but a lot of, a lot of writers will do that cause that's how you, you hear it and you flush it out. So to have your off, your, your characters talking to you that freely, that's, that must've been amazingly cool. My, so I finished, I turned in um, book two to Deb and I was so, there was, there were some scenes that I was fighting with for the second brother, Kevin. And I sat at a green light because I was actually watching the movie. He was showing me for the problematic scenes to straighten me out. And I'm like, Oh, wow. Ooh. 
And then I, the the shadow of a car driving past on the other side of the road. I was like, oh, I have the light. <laughs> so that that happens a lot. My my husband drives me around now because it's like you know you're dangerous. <laughs> right. Okay, just sit there and just let me know if they're asking me a question versus you know imaginary people. So yeah. <laughs> I know. You do it. That's interesting. <laughs> so tell me, I know that there has been a lot of discussion in uh, romance landia, romance writers, and in the in our in that particular genre in general about own voices type characters. And so, when you were constructing your your series, um, you're you have that woven in, correct? You're bringing in all sorts of all sorts of characters into your series. Um, tell me how, you know, you, you talked about when you first started writing, how your voice, you just didn't see it as often and how it would be basically, um, it wouldn't be the same, you know, if you were actually, if that was the person that you truly wanted to write. How has that changed with, um, as you've written and, and published and, and gone on with your writing career? I think my characters have always told me who they were up front. And that was another thing that took me a long time to start writing the fiction because my male characters would show up as other. Um, So they they were always heroines that looked like me, but the males would be Hispanic or Irish or Italian. They they were always Indian, anything. They, they, everywhere. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I, I, when I started writing, I did not know that there was a genre for me. I did not, I, look, I tried under the name Evie Lattimore and um, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to categorize. I didn't know how to find (laughs) um, where the IR books were as opposed to the African-American books. A hot mess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I didn't know how to do any of that stuff. My husband and I spent a lot of time cultivating and learning how to target. Um, so I, I was afraid to write other. I, I actually, I have only one um, book that has two African-American um, characters. And I, I do know that I, I, I held back on everyone. Actually, the whole Blue Sapphire pin name, I sat on it until 2015. So I had the first book, um, the first Blue Sapphire book that came out was um, Legally Bound. And that book had been finished since maybe 2009. And I sat on it and did not publish it until 2015 because I was like, this man is a white lawyer. She is a black woman, Mm -hmm. black lawyer. I don't know where I'm putting this. So, (laughs) you know, what what am I going to do with this? So let's just stick this here. It was a nice idea, but, um, you know, it is what it is. Um, it took a long my, – my husband is a African-American male. Um, so mm-hmm. he, he had to poke me about a lot of things because I also – I write very seedy. So when I started, I was like, I can't do this. We work in ministry. I can't do this. And he's like, why not? If God gave you the idea, yes, you can. <laughs> Why? And I'm like, well, I can't. I yeah, there was a lot of begatting in the Bible. Just saying. <laughs> exactly. I I was like, I can't put out all these white men. What will people say? What What do you think? And he's like, 
is it is it what you were given? I was like, yeah. He was like, that's how you see them? I was like, yeah. He's like, well, then put the book out. <laughs> so it's, yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it has been an internal struggle for me at times. And then I had to just get over it and say, this is how they come. My characters show me who they are. And I'm not going to change who they want me to represent the, them as. It's like, it's like, you know, mm-hmm. having aliens from another planet that are telling you, I want you to learn about my species or I want you to learn about my world. And I'm coming to you because you could represent me best. To change anything about that okay. individual that has come to you to represent them, that's not right. And, and when I, whenever I try, the characters stop talking because you're not doing what they ask yeah. you to do. It's, it's about who they want to be. It's not who, about who you think society thinks they should be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, there was um, years ago, it was, uh, I was taking a class from Pam Morrissey, um, and she was talking about how your characters will tell you in what direction they want things to go. And uh, she was talking about this book she was writing, and the, the guy, his backstory was his dad had died. Well, the dad shows up in a scene, and she's like, no, no, you're not, you're dead, you can't be in this. And so she, you know, of course, erases him and starts right, keeps writing, and then the guy keeps showing up. Um, so she has to change the story, the backstory, but it ends up being a better story because mm-hmm. the dad has this whole troubled past and messes, you know, messes everything up, of course. And so, again, like you're saying, you have to listen to what those characters are telling you. Otherwise, they'll, you're saying stop talking, but they also won't be who you want them to be and who they want to be represented. So, Yeah. Yeah, it's a huge big deal. I I fight with every single book, and I always think that I know what I want, but what they tell me is always so much better. (laughs) It's like, why even fight? Because they're always right. (laughs) Yeah. And it's it's funny that we're having this conversation like like it's completely normal to have imaginary people tell you what to write because, (laughs) you know, it it, kind of is. Yeah, I like to believe that they live somewhere and I'm just in their subconscious feeding off of them. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, my daughter said, what if we're like, our world is like actually a real world in a book and someone's reading it and we're just acting it out? And I'm just thinking, she goes, that would yes. be a cool series. I was like, well, go write it, honey. I don't know what to tell you. I got yes. it on my plate. <laughs> I I think I either I think I either read start of a series like that or someone talked to me about their series that they wanted to write. Um, that was somewhere along that vein. Like the writer was um writing and things were happening um to the characters and at some point she realizes that she's she's like wielding this world every time she writes. Oh yeah. So, that tell your daughter I don't think that there's anything new under the sun and you and I can write the same exact book and it will still come out completely different so tell her to go ahead oh for sure <laughs> that, that, yeah that, I told her whoever it's, else that that would be killer <laughs> throw it down we'll send it to Deb <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope she's listening she knows we love her <laughs> <laughs> so what were some of your favorite books growing up um favorite books growing up oh geez I'm I think I'm getting old <laughs> <laughs> okay I know that I know I have the subscription to the girl talk book 
I used to love when that little brown box would come. You know how you get the square okay. box that had, like, your, your Columbia CDs and stuff? Well, Girl Talk yes. did the same thing, yes. and you would get three books at a time. So I had the Girl Talk okay. books. Um, I would go to the library to get uh, the Babysitter Club books. And there was a librarian, Miss Yvonne, that used to always have to chat, chat me because I would sneak over to the adult section to get the Danielle Steele books to read because I just did not right. read Babysitter's Club anymore. <laughs> it was like, look, like, yeah, there comes a point where you're like, <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting because there was this huge jump. I, I mean, I, you're saying this, and it's like we would go to Babysitter's Club, Nancy Drew, and then all of a sudden it was either you read all these classics or everybody died. Um, and that's fine, but then you then you make this big jump, and then it's into the adult world, and you know you're 14, and you've run out of books. It's like, well, do I really want to read Daniel Steele? Well, I guess yeah, I do, because <laughs> what else am I going to read? So I'm so glad <laughs> exactly. for the the middle ground now. There's the middle ground is there. So um, yeah, it's I remember reading. I don't know. You're probably not. I don't know if you're old enough, but I was in college when that movie Lace came out, and I don't remember who wrote the book, but it was a miniseries. Like, 80s had miniseries all the time, right? So Mm -hmm. you had, but Lace was in it, and it was um, about three friends who, one of them gets pregnant, and there was this big secret about, um, you know, who the father was, and the baby's put up for adoption, and then she goes back and finds her mom. This is a whole big deal. Anyway, so they made this whole big thing, and Phoebe Cates was the girl grown up, and um, all these very well-respected actresses in it. But it was it was one of those things where it's like you go from Babysitters Club to this book. It was like that's a huge job. Yeah, and then my mother also was um, a part of one of those book clubs, so she would get like Waiting to Exhale, and there were several of her mm-hmm. books that I would sneak into because she had them in this bright chest, and when she was at work. I'm I'm sneaking in the chest to get the book. <laughs> yeah. So they, I, oh yeah. I think I had a a, a well-rounded um, reading experience in my youth. <laughs> yeah, you do. And I mean, I always find it funny when people say, "Oh yeah, I found this box of books under the bed in the closet." You know, don't look at those. Everybody does. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. I don't know why. Just leave them out. It's like for anybody listening, it's like you're gonna read them if they're. If you hide those books, they're going to be like, oh, what's this? It's going to get read. So if you just put it in the middle of the dining room, no one's going to touch it. So just so you know. Because um, <laughs> then it's not a secret. <laughs> so tell me about what's coming up with you, What for you. What is your next big project that's coming out? Um, so I am finishing the last um, book in the Brothers Black series. I left a big cliffhanger okay. with um, – with book six, which I usually don't do, because what I did in Quinn, I do not consider to be a cliffhanger. That was just a lead okay. in the book. <laughs> but what okay. I did in the okay. Brothers Black book, it, it's a huge cliffhanger, literally. Um, and um, I'm finishing that up. I have, I have signed um, three authors, and they're, I'm putting out their individual series. We all did a project together, uh, The Wicked Prince Charming. And uh, last okay. year, like October of last year, but this year they're all putting out their own individual series. So we're working through their books. That has been such a fun experience because I've been mentoring them for um, almost two years. So they've been gearing up for this year. Um, 
I'm really excited about that. Then we have a series that's coming. Um, it's kind of a shared world between myself and a few of the authors I signed in, as well as um, a, another author who just wanted to join us for the project. Um, it, okay. It, I, I don't want to say the name of the, the series because it's a little for fame. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, so... <clears throat> But um, it, it's fun. We the, the premise of the series was for each author to make her uh, character as big of a jerk as she could and still get you to fall in love with him. And they are okay. the A-hole club. So this A-hole club okay. is, is <laughs> that they are, these guys are hilarious jerks. Like, they're jerks, but they're funny. And th- that's going to be so much fun. <laughs> uh, I love the cover for it. We're having so much fun doing it. I am doing the best to wrap up um, a lot of my series this year as well. Uh, and I'm hoping, with everything that's going on, I've, I've been slowed down a little bit. Uh, I had a couple of uh, relatives that were diagnosed with the virus. So um, that has thrown okay. my creativity a little. Um, I, but I'm working to catch up and, uh, hopefully that means that I'll have my first paranormal series out this year. I did sneak a paranormal book in the back, in the back of the Prince Charming collection. Um, but I have yet to put out a full novel and I am really excited about the Kings of Night series. Um, they are, they are, um, hybrid warlocks and demigods and, they are so cool. <laughs> they will the element, and I, I'm just excited for that. And they have the unique um, element of um, a motorcycle club as well. So there's a lot going on with them. Um, that whole world, just as you can see, I just got so excited and, like, went left. <laughs> but I'm, yeah, I'm but, really I mean, man, you are excited sweet. about them. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> so the Wicked Prince Charmings is is out now, so you can get Wicked Prince Charmings. It is out now, correct? Yes, it's out okay. now. It's available okay. on Amazon, um, in in Kindle Unlimited, and it's myself, uh, Katie Adler, um, Tear Rain, and Ivy Harper. Those those are my yes. my little sisters, my authors, and um, I I was so proud of them because a couple of them were debut authors. And they did a phenomenal job in that series. The, the reviews came back. So I was so, I, I knew they did good, but to see the readers receive them and the wonderful reviews that they received, I, I'm so excited. <laughs> I was like, you, you know that yeah. scene with the little baby that's like, yeah. <laughs> that was me, like a proud mom, like, yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. they did awesome. It was, it was very well received. I mean, you guys have over 100 ratings on Amazon, and you have a 4.8 um, rating, which is higher than an iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> so just a little thing to be proud of. Just, yes, you know. yes, yes. And you, you know how sometimes we'll get in, a, in, in it. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no. Well, I was going to say it's, it's um, retellings of, with Cinderella, the Ugly Duckling, Little Red Riding Hood, Aladdin, Sleeping Beauty, and Beauty and the Beast. So, I mean, you you got them all covered there. (laughs) That was so much fun. You know, to take a fairy, a childhood, and make it adult with steam, it's like how? 
Like, how are we going to right. I did it to challenge them. I wanted to challenge them at authors. I was like, if you can do this, you can do anything. And then I had yeah. to write my, my two, and I was like, whose idea was this? Who was insane enough to pay to do this? How? And by, and right. by, the, time, and it was mine. by the time we were done with, with the adult theme in it, I was like, wow, you guys are awesome. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I mean, and I love the creativity part. I love the brainstorming part because it's the what if. I mean, and, and if you get with a really solid group of, of writers, it's the, the, the possibilities are just endless about how you yes. can write it and what direction you could take it. And that's just, that's wonderful. Yes, because everyone has their own voice. And it's, you're going yeah. to get a different voice with every story. And I think that's just awesome. I, I, also, I often tell um, some author friends of mine that I would love to do a project with authors that are writing the exact same uh, book, that everything about the book, the exact same, so that we can see okay. the difference that we would get. The same premise with the same, you know, dynamic, giving all the same stuff, you know, the same bag of tricks. Yeah, the same but tropes see, and everything. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And see what you would come up with at the end. I, I just I would love to see what would be produced from that. That would be a cool contest, actually. <laughs> that would be a cool contest to like do a short and mm-hmm. have you know this. You have to have these elements, and this is the setup, and um, these are the basics. So here are the bones, and now go build it. And you know that came cool. about because. That came about because I've watched readers. I've actually had a reader inbox me before and tell me that she thought someone had plagiarized me. And and I went to see what she was talking about. And when I started reading the book, I I giggled not at her, but at the fact that um, she didn't understand plagiarism, obviously, because it it was the same trope. It wasn't the same book. The author had just written right. the same trope. It wasn't, it wasn't like she took my words. And I had to explain, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. <laughs> we, we, you may come across thousands of people that write the same idea, probably something very identical. Actually, someone um, had mentioned that one of my Wicked Prince Charming stories sound, sounds very similar to something someone else wrote. I never read the other author. Uh-huh. So I, w- I wouldn't know. Um, but you, you never know what you will do that sounds something like someone else or I, I would just love to see how different the stories would be between authors who wrote the same trope with the same idea, starting from the same base. I would love to see that. Yeah, it would be interesting. Cause I mean, we all bring our own, not only our, our own ideas, but our own experiences and what we would, you know, what would sound mm-hmm. good to us in that situation. And so it would. I mean, it would be quite interesting to see the, the diversity within the group to, to see what, mm-hmm. who came up with what, for sure, for sure. So you've got a lot of projects coming up, and you've got a lot of projects that you've done. Is there something that you have on your to-do list that you're hoping to get to in the next, say, year or so? Um, yeah, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> There are like 32 books to complete the spinoffs that I have. Um, Sweet. <laughs> but I, I, am, I am looking to close out the last two books um, to send to, to Source Books to Deb. 
Um, I still have okay. all her book three and four. So um, those books are so loud. I'm trying to get them to wait their darn turn. <laughs> right. Um, I, I also have a romantic thriller that I am, like, I, I so can't wait. The covers are gorgeous, and I can't wait to finish the series. Um, it, it's going to be a challenge for me. Like I said, I love challenges. And this one is going to be a challenge. I'm, I'm taking it somewhere else and building a whole new world. I can't wait for that. Um, I, fantasy, I have some fantasy, um, uh, a fantasy series uh, with dragons that I am really hoping I can keep on my um, list this year. My list continues to uh, have to be chopped. <laughs> I, I keep looking yeah. at it and I have it printed out and you know every month I evaluate and somebody comes off <laughs> so um, I, I'm, I'm hoping to find that one place where I hit that sweet spot and blackout and can get more stuff done but um, I, I really want to start closing up a lot of the open series and get as much of the spinoffs from the Legally Bound series done so that I can mm-hmm. be done with that within the next year or two, um, hopefully. And um, just, just to spread my wings in, in whatever pops in my head. There, there, are all, there are millions of characters in there. Um, my husband keeps looking side-eyeing me because there's this race car series that I talked about years ago, and he's still mm-hmm. like, where are my books? <laughs> when are you going to write this right. one? <laughs> like I love that right. one, but when are you gonna write this one? <laughs> right. So, have you had someone come up to you and it's a char- a minor, let's say a minor character that you haven't planned to write about or give them a story book other than what you've done, and they come up to you and say you've got to write about this person. Have you had that happen? Yes. Yes. So, um, in the beginning of my career, I hadn't planned to write mail mail. Because I mm-hmm. don't, I know nothing about being a male in a male relationship. I feel like everything I do should um, have respect to the characters that are written. I should know something, have some type of uh, investment in that in that arena. Um, so I had said mm-hmm. I would, I would, I wouldn't. Um, I had some people, including Jeannie Moon, that you know talked me into doing. They were like, "You write romance, Blue, just write it." So um, mm-hmm. I, I did venture into male male, but uh, there was a character in Legally Bound One, and he, uh, one of the characters, she's she's pretending to be with him, um, but he's actually uh, gay and hiding from his family. And I had forgotten mm-hmm. about Anton because he was he was tucked away. <laughs> I used him for books. Right. Was book one and two. One and two. He was a side character. And he had a few lines, and someone came and said, well, are you ever going to write his story? And I'm like, what? <laughs> Where did that right. come from? And that, that was before I ever touched uh, Male Male Romance. So it was like, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> but that, that was one of the <laughs> oddest requests. Because I was like, Where did, I didn't talk about him that much. Where did that come from? But that says something about your writing that, I mean, you made people pay attention to him, that you wrote him in a way that people were like, well, they cared. They were invested. They wanted to know what his story was. And that, that's yes. a huge compliment. I, I thank I've, I've had I, that. I've I, had people come up to me and go, what about this person? And I'm like, I don't know. I wasn't planning to write 
that about? And go, oh, yeah, you have to. You can't. You can't just leave them like that. I'm like, oh. there are some characters right. that I'm, I think that I'm going to stick in there, and you know, we're not going to worry about you. You're a secondary. And then it's like, oh, right. well, we're so and so's book, and it's like, um, no, <laughs> they weren't on the list. <laughs> no, they are. Yeah, they are not on my list. So not happening. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a postscript. We'll do a postscript. Then help them out there. Actually, there's a character from my your series, and um, there there's a little side story going on with uh, uh, Sephora is a heroine in that in that series, and her brother has a relationship going on. But I know that their story is a tough story to tell, so I never planned on telling it. Mm-hmm. And someone asked me just the other day, well, when are you going to do their stories? And I'm like, you don't want that. <laughs> you really don't want that. Not for my emotions and not for yours either. <laughs> yeah. Never. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because, you know, years ago I took a class with Sandy Blair, and she was saying, you know, you have to feel – you have to feel what the characters are feeling. And if you're not feeling it when you're writing it, your care, your readers won't feel it when they're reading it. And so those, those deep, hard scenes, you know, um, yeah, you have to go there. And mm-hmm. sometimes you're like, I just, I just don't want to go there. You know, I, I, think, no I, no. I think that's what's um, difficult right now about finishing the last brother's black book. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's an emotional read, an emotional write. And I, I really have to go there emotionally and with everything mm-hmm. outside that's going on, I, I feel like, okay, I'm going to go write paranormal or something because this is just not, <laughs> this is not yeah. it right now. Yeah. <laughs> Bear yeah. my emotions. It, it's, <laughs> I want something a little bit lighter on my, yeah, I want something a little bit lighter on my heart or my mind. And, you know, I don't know if I'll write this in a way that's, um, you know, helpful, I guess. Right. Um, right. It's Yeah. Right. It's, it's a lot. There's a lot going on. Um, you know, even in the best circumstances for someone, it, the, there's a lot. And the world yes. has changed. And a very, you know, on, on the turn of a dime, it's, it's, everything's different. So, which is why I'm so glad we have writers like you that help us, you know, take us out of it for a little while. And, you know, bring us to, we, get, we come back to reality a little bit more refreshed and recharged and ready to, to face it. So thank you for doing that. Appreciate you. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we have about two minutes left, and so I wanted to just bend your ear on who is on your to be red pile right now. Uh, what is on my to be red pile? My to be red pile is old <laughs> because I haven't I haven't read anything in um, in maybe two years now since I met Deb. I've been busy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, she'll keep you busy for sure. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I, I have, um, I have Jeannie's last book on my to, to be right pile. Um, oh boy, I I really couldn't tell you. <laughs> I I've, I've become I've become like a bone collector. I will buy your books and they're sitting on my Kindle, but I don't have the time. And there to it read is. Them. <laughs> you get my support well, I'm just not able to read <laughs> yeah I get that too I, I totally get that well but we thank you for being so busy and pumping out those amazing stories so thank you again for coming on today no problem my pleasure thank you for so having this, me 
Absolutely. So that was Blue Sapphire with Readers Entertainment Radio, and I'm Patricia W. Fisher. If you are looking for a wonderful read, Calling on Quinn is available now. Blue Sapphire, you can find her at her website, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and all of the links, including the link for the book, is in the write-up of the show. And we will look forward to seeing you again. Please come back when your next book is out. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I would love to. (laughs) Yay! I'll keep watching. I'll just pester you. I'll send you a bunch of messages. (laughs) (laughs) No problem. We will talk to you soon, and please stay safe, everybody out there, and keep on reading. This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe, and welcome to our circle.